Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Stolen by Ehlers to Wheeler, back to Ehlers, scores! Kyle Connor has the Midas touch right now! Here's Patrick Laney. What a shot, wow. Exactly shoot, score! Oh, what a slick move by Mark Sipley! Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Welcome to the 2020 NHL Draft Edition of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Jamie Thomas, as always, with Mitchell Clinton and Tyler Esquivel. Uh, the NHL draft is done. Uh, first day went fa- fantastic. Uh, second day a little slower, but it is in the books. Jets now have f- four new members of the organization, thanks to drafting four new players. Uh, let's get to the first player at the 10th overall selection. A special moment leading up to it, and let, 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 let's talk about Cole Perfetti. Tyler. Yeah, obviously, like you, you mentioned there, Crystal Howarchuk uh, getting the honor of, of announcing Cole Perfetti's name at pick number 10. Obviously, the tie-in there with you know Dale's recent unfortunate passing. Um, and then given the fact that he was the greatest number 10 to ever wear a Winnipeg Jets uniform, as Chevy stated prior to making the pick, you know, I think it, just a, a really touching moment and one that I think everybody was inside True North was happy to see happen, um, you know, her making that selection is very special. And, and given that we ended up picking a player who, who played in the OHL um, where, where Dale coached for, for many seasons uh, is obviously special as well. Um, getting to the pick itself, I think um, prior to the draft, you know, our social media manager reached out asking uh, which graphic templates he should pre-make with different players so he could be ready for that 10th overall pick to sort of alleviate some last-minute stress. And I think we all mentioned Perfetti, but we sort of said, ah, he probably won't be available to us anyway. But um, lo and behold, obviously there he was. And, uh, you know, he slips, but you put that in air quotes, obviously. Um, you look at all the pre-draft rankings that were done by, by many different uh, analysts uh, across uh, North America and in Europe, and Cole Perfetti was sort of ranked inside that top five or six. And so to, to get him at 10 uh, is, is a real bonus. And I think uh, Kevin Sheveldayov uh, would echo that sentiment too. I mean, um, but when it comes down to it, every team's list is just going to be a little bit different. And I think it worked out for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, you know, obviously you have Holtz going to the uh, New Jersey Devils. And I think that pick sort of threw everything off kilter a little bit and then it caused uh the series of events that led up to the winnipeg Jets selecting cole perfetti so um really exciting uh player it'll be nice to have a uh, a young canadian uh born talent that uh is likely to hopefully suit up for team canada at the world juniors and we can watch team canada with some uh vested interest this year outside of just being a fan so that'll be exciting and uh really uh, really happy to have that young man's NHL dreams uh, come true and being drafted. So it'll be exciting to see him on the ice for the first time in a Jets uniform. That's for sure. One of those draft analysts you had mentioned, Tyler, is uh, Scott Wheeler from The Athletic. His description was uh, he grades out at or near the top of his classmates across the board in uh, processing of the play. Perfetti has future all-star and captain written all over him. He's special and will, I'm confident, go down as one of the best value picks of the draft in 5, 10, and 15 years' time. So great news in that aspect. The Jets drafting three other players, Mitch, and uh, follow up with some quick thoughts on uh, forward Daniel Torgerson, defenseman Anton Johannesson, and defenseman Tyrell Bauer uh, from the Seattle Thunderbirds. 
For sure. And you mentioned some of the positions. That's probably just as important. I mean, Kevin Chevaldeoff going into the draft talked about the importance of taking best player available. Certainly did that with Perfetti. But at the same time, in, in some of the later rounds, you're looking to kind of maybe bolster some spots um, and hopefully uh, be able to do that with some of the picks that you get in those rounds. And Daniel Torgerson is a guy that, I mean, he's 6'3", 205. He bolsters pretty much everywhere he goes at that size. Uh, he's a winger. Uh, playing in Sweden, and I underline playing because that is uh, one of the leagues that, that is playing. He's playing for Frolunda's uh, under-20 team. He's got eight points in eight games, so that's not too bad of a start at all. And uh, everything that I read about him is a lot of it is that he's well-balanced on his skates and really hard to knock off the puck, which if you watch the Winnipeg Jets practice or uh, see them in games, they really pride themselves on play along the boards and being able to get pucks off of there to be able to get the puck up the ice. So definitely fits right in uh, from that regard. And also a big shout out to him. English is not his first language, but uh, mm-hmm. he, he did uh, do the Zoom uh, interviews after, uh, after being drafted. And I thought did a, a really good job, way better than I could have done in any other language than English. So uh, a big shout out to him. And it was good to be able to put a face to the name. And uh, he was very nicely dressed considering it had to have been <laughs> one o'clock in the morning by the time he was doing it sweet yeah so pretty close there uh anton johannesson is a defenseman um nowhere near as big but uh can move he's five foot nine about 155 pounds uh also playing in sweden and uh he the the reason that he slid so much he was very like highly ranked like there's there's definitely some upside with this pick and that was something that that shevel dayoff kind of spoke about because He's had some injury issues over the last little bit, and Sheldayoff spoke to him after uh, drafting him. That's uh, and heard that like you know his recovery is kind of on the way, and he's he's I think he's targeting December for a return. Um, but when when you take a look at some of the numbers, I mean, last season with 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 HV seventy one, their under twenty team, he had twenty four points in twenty games from the blue line. So he's a guy that can that can put some points up. He can move his feet. He can open up passing lanes with uh, just how mobile he is. So. And real good in one-on-one defending situations, uh, even despite the size. So that's definitely a name to keep an eye on. And then Tyrell Bauer uh, plays for the WHL's Seattle Thunderbirds. Pretty much just as big as Torgerson. Six foot three, 205 from Cochrane, Alberta. He's an alternate captain with the, with the Thunderbirds as well. Had 17 points in 60 games. So a couple of defensemen, a winger, and then, of course, you got Perfetti at center. Uh, I think a really good um, dispersion of positions. Uh, selected by Shevel Day off at the draft uh, this year. Tyler, uh, one last thing before we go to the Cole Perfetti chat that Mitch and I did with him on the day after he was selected 10th overall by the Winnipeg Jets. It was the NHL's first virtual draft. Uh, it went off without a hitch, I think, for the most part. What was the behind-the-scenes situation like for you and a unique opportunity for you and John Delaney? Yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool to be behind the scenes and, and just sort of get a sense of just how everything came together as you saw it on TV. There were a ton of moving parts. Uh, first of all, shout out to the IT and AV departments at True North for, for making this happen. I know those guys were quite uh, stressed leading up to the draft and, uh, you know, for the AV guys especially, I mean, they had to do all this setup and, and make sure they could relay things back and forth to Sportsnet and NHL Network and you know, really, it was all this work for 
probably a combined three, four minutes <laughs> of, of airtime. So um, shout out to them for, for making it uh, look great and sound great. So, um, you know, outside of that, it, it was, it was cool. I mean, it's, when you, when you think virtual draft, oh, it's just going to be at the rink, you know, you drive down from your house and then you go to the rink and you, you do your work. But I mean, at the same time, it was a, there was just a, a special moment sort of brewing. You could feel it. I mean, anytime you can pick inside the top 10, uh, you're likely to get a, a player that's going to impact your organization, hopefully for, for many years. So, you know, that was exciting. And, and I think we're, we're well on our way to doing that, but um, you know, it was just a, it was a cool moment. Chevy was and, and the rest of the scouting staff, I think, were pretty pumped uh, to be able to select Cole Perfetti. And you could feel that. So uh, very cool to be behind the scenes and just sort of see how it all works. I, I think what you saw on TV was only just a small part of it. And, uh, you know, I, I think everybody should be pretty proud of the way it, uh, it went off. So I'm happy to be a part of that. Uh, going back to Cole Perfetti, uh, as a member of the media, you're always a little bit selfish sometimes. And uh, when players are drafted, you're just hoping that uh, they are very good at, at speaking, especially if they're going to be a big part of the media situation. Uh, Cole Perfetti is that and more, and you're going to see that uh, or hear that in this conversation he had with Mitch and I the day after he was selected 10th overall. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. Hi, this is Mark Shifley, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. What does it feel like the day after being selected by the Winnipeg Jets? It feels pretty good. So I don't know if it's sunk in yet. Um, you know, it's a dream come true to be picked, um, you know, especially by an organization like Winnipeg. Um, but it's, uh, it's pretty surreal. You know, you work so hard your entire life for this moment, and they, they always say it goes by quick. And, um, Although that was the longest hour and 20 minutes of my life sitting there waiting, it was also, um, you know, the fastest night ever. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun and um, sad it's over, but it's uh, the new journey begins and um, the excitement for my family, myself, it's, uh, we can't wait. It's, uh, we're really happy and, and fortunate and, um, you know, we're, we're just pure joy. So we're, we're lucky. When did the realization set in when Crystal Howardchuck said Saginaw and then you're like, it's going to be me, this hour and 20 minutes is over? Or when did it kind of set in for you? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's fully, like, still, I don't know if it's set in 100% yet. Um, it was definitely a whirlwind of emotions when I got picked. It was, um, it was just so happy and um, a little bit of relief. You know, I'm not going to lie. You work so hard and just to finally hear your name called, it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's relieving, um, but just pure, pure joy and excitement. And then, um, you know, I just celebrated last night with family and friends and, um, you know, woke up this morning and saw the hat sitting on my nightstand and it was, uh, it was a pretty cool feeling and, um, it's, it's amazing. And to be drafted in the NHL and by the Winnipeg Jets, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's a unbelievable feeling. Of course, Crystal Howarchuk is the widow of Dale Howarchuk, who coached the Barry Colts in the Ontario Hockey League against you, Cole. What was it like facing teams coached by the Jets' great? Yeah, they were always good. Um, you know, they were, were always competing. Um, you know, I only played them a handful of times as they were a different conference, and you don't you don't cross conferences too much in the OHL. But um, you know, obviously, he's a he's a great he was a great coach, and um, you know, had a last he he had a lasting impression and. Um, you know, a legacy in, in Winnipeg and in the hockey world and in the Ontario Hockey League. So um, to be 
be called by by crystal it was uh it was a pretty pretty cool moment and um you know it was unique and it was it was really special one of the things mark shifley touched on in terms of a lesson that stands out for him from dale howard chuck is that every day in the nhl is an education now education is something that's obviously important to you you're the ohl scholastic player of the year there's a few whl scholastic players of the year in the organization just curious of how important that off-ice education is to you. Yeah, it's really important to me. I, you know, education's always been really um, big in my family and, and in my life. Um, you know, I always wanted to take it serious. Um, my kind of motto was whatever I do, I might as well do it. Uh, I want to do it to the best of my ability. I'm not going to go there and half-ass and um, just show up. Might as well. Well, you're there already. Put the effort in, take something and, and learn from it. And there's so many things you learn in, in academics that will you know, apply in life and um, in sports and everything. So it was really important for me. And, um, you know, it's, it's been helpful. And I think, you know, the, the, the academic side really is, is very important in life. Even if you are a professional athlete, I think it, it, uh, if you don't have your education, um, you know, it definitely makes life tougher and, um, it just makes you more, um, you know, ready for life. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's something that's been serious in my life and, and, and will continue to be um, throughout my career. On that note, Cole, have you ever not got an A and what was the reaction like when it happened? Yeah, I mean, there was a couple times, I think in high school, maybe maybe couple B plus, like high Bs, but for the most part, everything was like a mid to high 80, low 90 in that range. Um, so it was... Uh, Definitely not a good feeling. You know, it sucks when you um, don't get a good grade. You put a lot of effort in, you don't get the results. But, um, you know, luckily that didn't happen too often. I was, uh, you know, I worked very hard in the classroom and kind of made sure that that, that didn't happen. Um, so it was uh, luck I didn't have to um, go through that too often. So that leads into this one. I believe it was on NHL Network. Now, how does a guy learn to do a Rubik's Cube in less than a minute? Yeah, so... When I first learned how to do it, it was all on YouTube, like tutorials. And then I started writing it down on paper. Um, it's all just like a series of patterns and algorithms. Um, like when a certain cube is in this spot, you do a certain pattern and it takes that piece and puts it in the spot that you want. Um, it's honestly, it's not that hard. It, it's everyone thinks it's so much hard, but it, it's just, you got to learn the patterns um, and then it's simple. So it was a couple hours on YouTube and then, um, started writing them down on paper and started slowly memorizing step by step what I had to do. And, um, you know, in the beginning it would take me like three, four minutes with the paper to do it. And then uh, I think my fastest time, like when I was like 13, I was doing it like every day, like all the time. I loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing. I was getting in like the 32nd range and now unreal. I, <laughs> I, I haven't done it. Like I don't do it very often anymore. Just once in a while when people ask. So, um, I, I'm pretty slow at it now. Well, we won't be asking you to do that when you find your way to Winnipeg, Cole. So who played the biggest role in your development and the player you are today? Yeah, obviously my parents and my sister. They were, um, you know, my biggest supporters. And uh, without them, I wouldn't be here. They, you know, everything they sacrifice, what they do for me day in and day out. You know, ever since I was three years old, when I started playing organized hockey, it started then. And, you know, 15 years later, here we are, they're still... Um, doing everything for me and, and sacrificing their lives for me. So um, I can't thank them enough. What they do is, um, 
it's I, I just can't thank them enough. They're, they're, they're my rock, and without them, I wouldn't be here today. So definitely those ones, um, definitely my parents and my sister, and um, you know, a lot of friends and family, um, coaches along the way that learned so much throughout my, um, my journey and my career. And, um, you know, it's only been – I'm only 18, so I'm looking forward to, to what else there is in store and, and what else I get to learn. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. One of the things that Kevin Chevaldeoff really talked about, especially after the first round of the draft when talking about you, was your hockey IQ and your love of the game. How did you develop your hockey IQ on the ice? Yeah, to a, to a certain extent, I think you're born with it a little bit. Like, But, you know, I think I worked hard on that aspect of the game. A lot of it is film and video and YouTube and watching live games. I think that definitely helps your on-ice decision-making and and what you can do on the ice. Um, you know, I, when I was five or six years old, I was watching YouTube best hockey goals and I was loving it every day. I was watching these videos. I think I, when I, I had all the videos memorized, I knew what goal was like. It was, I was just watching things like that to improve my, um, improve my game without even knowing it. I just loved watching it for, for the passion. And then I would try these things in games and, um, you know, expand my, uh, my tool bag. And it, it's, it's, so much you can learn from watching NHL games. And um, I just try to take bits and pieces of every game that I watch and, and try to implement it into my game. And, um, you know, hopefully it works. So uh, I definitely have worked hard on my hockey IQ, but to a certain extent, I think a little bit, you're kind of born with it as well. Part of being a draft prospect is being compared to a current NHL player. When your coach at Saginaw compared you to Nikita Kucherov, what was your immediate reaction? Yeah, a little shocking. And I couldn't believe that. Um, you know, he's, one of the best players in the world right now. So um, to be compared to him, it's uh, that felt good. It's pretty special. I've got uh, big shoes to fill now, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's just nice being in the same category as, as, as those people. So um, we've got a lot of work, but I'm excited. And um, you know, who knows, maybe, uh, maybe one day I could be um, as dominant as him. A lot of work still to go, obviously. A lot of the timeline still to be sorted out before the National Hockey League really gets underway or anything like that. But what kinds of things will you be working on over the next couple of months ahead of the restart for any sort of hockey? Yeah, so I'm just going to continue what I'm doing now. Um, I've had a really good summer so far with lots of progression and, and taking major strides. And um, I'm just going to continue that until I hear otherwise from the Jets and um, what their plan is for me. But for right now, I just want to get back in the gym, you know, keep going my five, six days a week and, and on the ice a couple times a week and, and continuing what, I, what I've been doing. I've had a pretty, uh, pretty good role here and, and I want to continue what I've uh, what done in my, in my success. So um, that's my plan for the next couple of weeks slash months and then see what the, the Jets, uh, what they want and what their plan is for me. Well, you haven't always been a gym rat. So how difficult was it to make that transition to, to, to go to the gym every day? Yeah, it was, uh, it was really this year was when I, I went to the gym the past couple of years, but really this year is when I started to focus on getting in the gym and um, like going crazy in there and really working on my nutrition and, and my diet and how I fuel my body. And that's uh, I think that's why this summer has been so good is big thing has been nutrition and how I treat my body this year. And um, you know, how I, how serious I've taken the off season training and uh, it's been awesome. And I think it's going to be, you know, I've got a taste of a little bit of, um, you know, progression and seeing improvements. And once you get that, it's, uh, 
it's kind of like a drug. It's addicting. It feels like you, you just want to keep getting bigger and stronger and faster. And, um, once you, you start seeing improvements, it's, it's nice to, it's nice. So, um, I think, uh, I'm going to be a gym rat from now on. Last one for me, Cole, uh, just in terms of your, uh, I remember the top prospect availability, you, you spoke about, you know, being a hockey nerd. So I'm curious when you hear Winnipeg call your name, do you think of, man, it would be really cool to score in something like the whiteout in the Stanley cup playoffs. Is that something that pops into your head? Yeah. Um, immediately I was thinking about the fans and you know, how loud it is and, um, you know, it's the whiteout games in the playoffs or, you know, it's one of the, one of the best fan bases and, um, crazy atmosphere. And, uh, it would just be, you know, it gives you goosebumps thinking about all those fans and, and, in the white and, um, them cheering the, the building going nuts when, when you score a goal in the playoffs. So it, uh, definitely crossed my mind playing in front of all those great fans. And, um, you know, I'm excited to do it and I, I just want to be able to soon. Now that you've been drafted by the Jets, at what, at what point were you sitting there going, oh, man, I'd like to slot in beside this guy or play in the middle of this guy in the Jets? What, what were those thoughts like? And take us through that a little bit, Cole. Yeah, I mean, there you, you look at the roster up and down. There's so many great players. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to crack that lineup. That's for sure. There's, it's uh, They're deep and they've got a lot of skill and a lot of high-end forwards up front. So um, it's definitely going to – it's not going to be easy. But, you know, there's uh, it's exciting. And, um, you know, it's – it's fun times looking at, at that roster and thinking about if you could play with any of those guys. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to that and hopefully you can crack the lineup soon. Well, the hair looks good. Uh, you've had lots of time on TV and on the radio and everything. And now this podcast, we appreciate you stopping by and we're really looking forward to you when you finally get to Winnipeg. Cole, all the best to you and congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, it's uh, over quickly. Uh, we'll wrap things. We're wrapping things up on the draft side of things. Now we move on to free agency. Uh, Mitch, the Jets have uh, tendered qualifying offers to six of their seven for restricted free agents. They announced that on Sunday. That group is uh, Mason Appleton, Jansen Harkins, Jack Rosovic, and CJ Cease, as well as defensemen Sammy Niku and Nelson Noje. Uh, forward Michael Spachek was not tendered a qualifying offer and will become an unrestricted free agency. A quick or unrestricted free agent. A uh, quick thought on the decision by the organization on those on those players. Yeah, I think, and the interesting part about this is Kevin Chevaldeoff almost, you know, at the start of the week, just prior to the draft, and I think he's been saying it for a little while, just said the way that the flat cap is 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 uh, the challenge that, that a lot of teams are facing, that you're probably going to see a lot of restricted free agents not get those qualifying offers just because of the fact that, you know, they've got to be able to stay under under the cap they got to be able to save money where they can to be able to move it to wherever they have to put it so uh unfortunate for michael spacek who is uh someone that i think came a long way and was a real good uh player but is just ultimately just a you know could be a, a victim of the whole situation but you look at uh the guys that did get offers and mason appleton obviously a guy that saw a lot of uh, penalty kill time and uses uh his speed at the nhl level quite effectively jansen harkins with one of the best breakout seasons I think uh, I've seen from from a guy that was drafted in 2015 and just, you know, kept doing the work. And then all of a sudden here he is, uh, you know, breaking onto the NHL scene this year. So good for him. Jack Roslevic, of course, also from that 2015 draft, a first round pick and CJ Cease, who played his first National Hockey League game uh, this season all the way back in November of 2019. Remember then? That was 
Mm-hmm. That was a time <laughs> back then. Um, yes. Yeah. So obviously, uh, then you move to the defense and Sammy Niku and Nelson Noje, two guys that Nelson Noje seems to be the emergency guy that whenever the Jets roster really needs him, he steps in and, and plays quite well. And Sammy Niku, of course, is another guy that, you know, could have uh, some opportunity on the blue line this year. So, yeah, obviously, you know, some long discussions likely went into the decisions that had to be made on that side of things, but it's done. It's out of the way. There are some teams that, you know, were really kind of pushing it up to that deadline, which was uh, on Thursday at 5 p.m. or Wednesday at 5 p.m., if I remember correctly, um, whereas the Jets kind of got it out of the way early and then were able to focus on the draft completely. Uh, crazy times, uh, and I'm sure not a lot of teams were planning for COVID-19 to kick around and making things a lot more challenging financially heading into the 2020-21 season. Uh, free agency begins on Friday. Tyler, a lot of business, you know, some house cleaning to do for the Winnipeg Jets. They took care of that. Uh, a couple of players already in Dylan DeMello and Lauren Versois. Yeah, I think shoring up that backup goaltender position is is definitely a key area and one you want to start with. I think, you know, given the the free agent goalie market, uh, it's quite saturated and there's going to be a lot of movement. And I think, uh, you know, being people who are privy to sort of seeing the behind the scenes relationship between Lauren and, and Connor Hellebuck, uh, I think bringing back Lauren is a no brainer. And I think he sort of uh, express that as well he you know obviously has a great relationship with Connor and and goaltending coach uh, Wade Flaherty so bringing him back uh, I think will be a nice piece of the puzzle and obviously we don't know how this season's going to shake out but I think it's a pretty real possibility that um, it's a more condensed season there's a few more back-to-backs given just the nature of the the state of the world and the pandemic and whatnot so uh, there could be a, a greater playing opportunity for Lauren uh, going forward as for Dylan DeMello I think uh, that was a guy you know based on his zoom call on third uh, sorry Wednesday you know it really sounded like he was a guy looking for a home and a place to sort of lay some roots down I mean he used those terms uh, exactly so I think uh, Winnipeg sounds like a great fit for him. You know, he gets a bit of a raise from what he was making previously. Um, you know, he gets a chance to to not, not prove himself, but also just solidify himself as, you know, a, a top four uh, defenseman in the NHL. So I think, uh, you know, having that steady defenseman back there, uh, whether or not, whether he's paired with Josh Morrissey or somebody else going forward, I think he'll thrive uh, within the Winnipeg Jets organization. So excited to have those two back for another season. Uh, Lauren Bressois signs one year, $1.5 million. Dylan DeMello signs a four-year, $12 million contract with Winnipeg. That was on Wednesday. All these days are starting to meld in together. Free agency is on Friday. Uh, By the time we join you next, there might be some new faces within the Jets organization. We'll be more than happy to discuss those. The next time we bring you Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Have a great day, everybody. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.